Hey everybody, welcome into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for Snap Judgments on a Tuesday after media day with the Buckeyes. It was Ryan Day, Tim Walton, and the ultimate X-Factor, Mitch Rossi. We're going to break down that hour and 15 minutes as the Buckeyes get ready to beat our... Beat our what? That's, I don't know, that's their name. That's Rutgers, I think, but... Or Rutger. Maybe it should be R-squared. Beater, beater Rutger. Beat, beat R. Uh, beater. It's a license plate. That's Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham, and I'm Austin Ward. There's probably a lot more interesting things to talk about than that picture up there. I think we should spend 10 more minutes. Okay, well, we can, but okay. that'll be uh, the podcast daily tomorrow. What what actual uh, takeaways do you have from... You can start with Mitch Rossi if you want, or you can t- go with the head coach. I, I We need to start with the, the Buckeye Health Hour. Mm. And then okay. <laughs> who's yeah. going to play? Here we go. Here we <laughs> go. Who's going to play? Uh, this week sounds like they're expecting Cameron Brown and Denzel Burke to play, Lathan Ransom to play, um, Jackson Smith and Jigba probably not. Um, I, that seemed like a little bit of a sober outlook on things from from Ryan Day, from my perspective. I think that was the most uh, insightful and revealing that he's been about the Jackson Smith and Jigba injury. And we'll start with what what we were wondering about Bill and, and Berm as well. Like, do they have regrets about the decision that they made for Toledo? And that answer was no. And that included the training staff. That included Ryan Day, uh, Brian Hartline, the, this collective group, and Jackson Smith and Jigba himself. He, If he thought that he wasn't able to play or that he didn't want to play, he would not have against Toledo. And that's not to say that any one of them uh, deserves blame or anything else. They made a decision, and it didn't work. Um, and everything they had been seeing and evaluating, based on what I was told, said that Jackson Smith and Jigba was going to be good to go, and he felt ready to go. Uh, once you get out there in the game speed, that's a little bit different, and it didn't work. I don't expect that he's going to play against Rutgers. Ohio State's not ready to rule out a potential uh, return against Michigan State. I, As I sit here right now, I'd say that's probably not the best idea if you have the off date after that, and all of the toughest games for Ohio State are in the second half of the schedule. See, it feels like semantics, and I'm going to argue that I, I don't, I can't say it's not the best idea. Like if Jackson's healthy and he thinks he's ready to go, then, then go. I mean, this is a kid who literally has millions of dollars in his future. He is not going to go out there and play against Toledo if he doesn't think he was ready to play. And ultimately, there, there's a list of 10 or 11 people who have insight or input into the decision. But much like we saw on Saturday night with Denzel Burke, like if, if he doesn't feel it, he's not going to go out there and play. And football's a weird game because, you know, when you're on the field, like other people are trying to hurt you. <laughs> Um, And they're actually like trying to damage your body, right? So like you can feel good in warmups when no one's actively trying to kill you, but then you get on the field and people actually don't take it easy on you because they're like, oh, he's a little bit dinged up. Let's, let's, no, they want you out of the game. So I don't, I don't blame anyone for him playing against Toledo. I think that he clearly felt he was ready to go. If Jackson thinks he's ready to go on Saturday, maybe he'll play, but I, I, I don't think that they... I think they'll be more reluctant to say, hey, you know what? We don't even need you this week, so let's get ready for Michigan State. I, I, I don't think anyone wants this to be a situation where you go now six games into the season and you haven't had a play. Like, yeah. I don't think that's good for anyone. The, yeah, the exact phrasing was uh, Ohio State's not going to put a timetable on it, which I think is why Bill is saying it seemed pessimistic. And then, you know, wash that down the spoonful of sugar with, we're going to be behind, this will be behind us soon was he said that several times so it's like mm-hmm. it's not i think i guess my the reason i'd say it's more optimistic than pessimistic is 
there are people that have asked and are concerned. Is this a Nick Bosa situation? Is Jackson Smith and Jigba going to shut it down? Is he going to miss the rest of the year? Does he need surgery? That's no to all those things, but probably not probably not going to see him until after the off date. I think that's fine if they don't. I, I sort of disagree with, with Berm. Like yes! A, a, Contention. I love it. Well, I, I, <coughs> I, under, I understand that you need to take feedback from the players, and if everything tests out right and the player says, you know what, I feel good, I want to give this a go, you can still say no, especially with a guy like Jackson who's so important to them. Mm. And and it seemed it did seem like he re-aggravated something or did himself oh, a clearly. disservice by playing against against Toledo. Like, and that didn't have to happen. They didn't need him to play in that game. But but I, they, they thought they'd need him against Wisconsin. And so the, yeah. the goal was, if he says he's good to go against Toledo, we got to get him 15, 20 snaps to get the rust off so he's ready for Wisconsin. I, now, ultimately, okay. they didn't need him against Wisconsin. So how Right, many- right. And, the, and you can't forecast that, too. But we're not talking about a guy like who doesn't have a body of work. He could have practiced the week up to Wisconsin and I think been just fine in that game. I thought he wasn't allowed to practice. Oh, well, well, that's true. I guess in Burns <laughs> role, he has to no. play because he can't practice. Cannot practice. Yeah. So um, I, I guess the, the, the two things that, that don't really connect for me are like today, Ryan Day seemed like we're not going to push this. Yet it seemed like they pushed it. Like, right. And I don't, I, I, I sense some regret, even if he did not right say it. I, I think. Maybe their words and actions suggest that they have something. I, that they I totally say. agree. There's regret. I just don't know that there's a regret that people need to be personally culpable for. Like I, yeah, I think it's just it's a situation. Hamstrings are, are very fickle strings. You know, of all the strings, Ooh, of all the strings, hamstrings are known for their fickleness. Well, I think it's heartstrings that are most known for that. Berm, like, speaking from experience, yeah, <laughs> just a little melancholy Tuesday, Snappy wow. J. Uh, Who broke your heart? I like <laughs> Snappy J's. <laughs> uh, Jordan Hancock also has a hamstring injury. He is not going to play on Saturday. That seemed very clear. He, I don't know when he's going to be back. His uh, Ryan Day finally started revealing more that that was a more serious hamstring setback. I don't know how what the grades are, what the tears are. Again, America, I'm definitely not a doctor, um, but I'm trying my best to and learn. And we don't know that it was a torn hamstring. We should assume, I guess, since he's missed th- two and a half months at this point. Yeah, that I, I, I guess I should be more cautious. I like with that he that. keeps. Showing up in uniform, yeah. Though. Like, I mean, he wants to be part of it. That's important. We know, also know that uh, Lathan Ransom was dinged up on Saturday night, which is why he didn't play. Never put his helmet on. He was available in an emergency situation, and the reason that Cameron Martinez only played, I believe, two snaps was also because he's dealing uh, with a, a minor uh, lower leg injury as well. So that secondary, not just at cornerback, continuing to deal with a lot of injuries, and that's also why you saw Sonny Styles getting an opportunity, which. I think caught a lot of people's attention on Saturday. I don't feel like I ha- so come Tim Walton talked and I guess was asked directly sort of what we were talking about the other day is did Sonny play because Latham was hurt or did Sonny play because Sonny earned it? I don't feel like I got a clear answer on that. Like do you f- and, but I felt like you guys thought it was more because Latham wasn't available. Do you feel stronger in that opinion today than you did a couple days ago? I think that opportunity presented itself because both Cameron Martinez and Lathan Ransom were not at 100%. So when you were when I was doing the math and then looking about who was it, they really had nowhere else to turn except for Sonny Styles unless because there just seems to be something lingering with Court Williams as well. He did play, came in in the second half against Wisconsin, but there there doesn't seem to be the full confidence that he would have been at this point fully capable of going out there in a meaningful situation early on. So you know, I don't know. It's been patchwork. He's never appeared on the availability report, which Ohio State is also trying to adjust the way that they do that so that we get valuable information out of it. But I feel like the totality of injuries or 
less than 100% numbers in the secondary are why we saw Sonny Styles, but that you still have to show that you can do it on the yeah, practice he, field. Yeah. He still, I don't, I don't mean to take it away from him. I think he did earn it. Like they, they could have put a fourth linebacker out there if they wanted to in those yeah. situations. So it's a combination of both, but I, I think it is more maybe the injury stuff. Than Sonny has so much natural ability and so much upside that in a game like that, when you, you know, they, they were only putting him in the game when Josh Proctor was out of the game. So it's not like they had to play him. It was let's rotate him in because Josh was out there. Ronnie was out there. Tanner was out there. You had your starting three, but it's like, hey, let's see what he can do. And it's because he has earned it, because he is like in a room full of freaks, like Sonny Styles is a freak freak, right? Like a freaky freak. Um, <laughs> and he he's what is he? I think the best thing that happened to Sonny Styles on Saturday was that he got yanked out of the game for a stupid personal foul penalty. I think those are the moments that are going to be much more beneficial for Sonny down the road than you know playing in the first series of the game against Wisconsin. To me. You're learning how to play with emotion and control yourself on the field, and uh, that personal foul penalty was of the super stupid variety. Yeah. Like it was not necessary at all, and I think that that's the kind of thing that has a lasting impact on him. But clearly, he's making an, an impact on the coaching staff during the week because, and this is the second time we've heard this said today. Tim Walton said it, and, and a few weeks ago, prior to the start of the season, Perry Galliano said it. Sonny does not make the same mistake twice. And I think that that's the type of thing that you, if you look for a separator between uh, a player versus another player, that sort of mental acuity, that sort of mental toughness is, is the difference. Now, if you're talking the difference between Sonny Styles and Court Williams, for example, Sonny Styles' length makes him a much more feasible player to cover tight ends, to cover running backs, to cover wide receivers. And I, that's where Bill and I talked about this on, on the podcast daily uh, Monday rewatch of the Toledo game. Like, I think at some point the the obvious answer here is that Court Williams has to play linebacker, and that's not what we're here to talk about today. But mm. it's just a side note of I. When you look at these safeties, there's a lot of really good ones, and uh, I, I don't, I just don't see how Court fits into that mix. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Today. Yeah, I guess the other reason that I say that, Bill, is that like Caden Curry has also caught enough attention of the coaching staff to warrant and earned it in, in late snaps. And we didn't see him out there earlier because yep. the defensive line was healthy. And I know that's it's not like for like they have different position coaches, but you know well, they also have other guys like Javante Jean Baptiste and Tyler Friday who are upperclassmen who are playing. If Lathan was healthy, he would have yeah, been of, course, of course, yeah. Now, to go back to your original point, I think if Sonny would not have played in the first series of the game if Lathan was, was available, yeah. I don't think. But maybe we're wrong. No, I think that's right. I I, I just. Didn't think of that one. I, I, I guess I was so excited to see Sonny Rare on the field <laughs> that I didn't think of all the circumstances that led to it. We didn't know. Yeah. Some of it wasn't available. Some right. of it we didn't know until right. much later. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we get a better feel for that uh, as Ohio State adjusts the status report moving forward. We'll see exactly how that goes. It doesn't. It, it's not going to matter against R. Like mm. it may not even matter against uh, M. Should we talk S. about R? So I was trying to count. I wanted to know how long it was going to take before somebody actually said the word Rutgers during the hour and 15 minute media session. And I, do, should I count one mention of Greg Schiano? I think it was roughly 42 minutes or something like yeah, that until someone said Rutgers. Yeah. So, but I, if I'm not counting that, I don't believe that anyone said Rutgers until Mitch Rossi was asked about them. I think that's right. Both coaches did not get a single question about what Rutgers does well or doesn't do well. Which seems about right to me because they're terrible. I mean, that happens a lot when they're in that room. We, we, we do <laughs> yeah. not talk about the opponent <laughs> unless it's unless they're playing Michigan. I think it's probably the only time. Yeah, Penn State maybe. Uh, we did with Notre Dame, but yeah, 
ninety percent of the games, we did not say the. We are super like focused on Ohio State football. Yeah. Well, isn't that what they it's say? Very, very fully. So you have to go into Tuesday and Wednesdays are the most difficult days of the week, and you can only measure yourself against yourself. Yeah. Like, who yeah. cares about our? I, I actually believe, and if we're going to talk about Rutgers for a moment, like I actually think if Gavin Wimsett is playing on Saturday, uh, and this is something Bill talked about on on this morning's podcast daily, like I think that there is an opportunity to learn something about the Ohio State defense on Saturday because, and Wimsett's a game-time decision, I think, at this point. So is um, uh, Noah Vidral, the other quarterback. So, like, you don't know who you're going to face at quarterback. And I think that there is an opportunity for Ohio State to have to scheme a little different and learn a little bit about some guys on Saturday, especially when you're talking about what Daquan Finn and Toledo did against – I'm sure Greg Schiano watched that game, and if Gavin Wimsett is healthy – you're going to see that sort of be a staple of, of their game plan. And if there's one thing Rutgers can do offensively, it's run the ball. Uh, and I, I think that that's actually an interesting conversation. Probably not for Tuesday, but <laughs> as we get to the end of the week, I think that's, yeah. that's one of those things to, to look at. You missed a golden opportunity to do something that you wanted to do, which was make up a name of a player uh, yeah. in some situation. And I would have totally believed it. If yeah. you had said that Johnny Mnemonic was the quarterback at Rutgers, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that Johnny Mnemonic, he, I remember him in the recruiting process. He was, yeah. he's got a, host, he's, a guy. he's got a dual threat <laughs> and a really vivid imagination. Um, <laughs> that's how I feel about him. Anyway, what else struck your fancy, Bill? Some offensive line talk. I thought, thought that was pretty good. Um, I really wish we could have talked to Justin Fry this week. Maybe he doesn't want to gloat just yet about how well the offensive line is playing. But one of the things Ryan Day said multiple times uh, on Tuesday was about how like their the offensive line was just much better targeted in the run game than I, than I think it has been probably going back at least a full year now. And that's not a thing we talked about in the offseason. We, we talked a lot about scheme and um, physicality, but I, I think there was probably something missing from a technical standpoint with a lot of the zone runs that Ohio State likes to do that Justin Fry seemed to really tap into. And I, I think maybe Berman and I discussed this a little bit when we did the rewatch on Monday, but that was one of the cleaner performances I've seen from an offensive line running the ball, at least through the first half and probably most of the third quarter of that game. Just like every defender was accounted for, every offensive lineman seemed like he knew where he was going. Really good stuff on the second level, and, and that's what you want to see out of this offensive line. I wasn't so sure that they'd be at this point, uh, by this point in the season, only four games in, but mm-hmm. I think they're probably a little bit ahead of schedule based off what I saw in that game. Mm-hmm. Aaron, what about you? Uh, I'm just sort of fascinated by the Tim Walton experience, to be honest. I mean, I, I asked him about what it's like to come from the NFL after 15 years to walk into Ohio State and, and – Ironically, the fact that he has a six-man cornerback room in Ohio State is probably something he's familiar with yeah. and comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So it may not be as big of an issue for him as it would be a, a coach who's only been coach. Coach. <laughs> wow. A coach who's only been in college for the last decade or so. So I think he's actually fine managing those numbers and feels okay about it, especially because he mentioned Cam Martinez a couple times. Tanner McAllister is guys who could help out. But to go from the NFL to then having six scholarship players, five of them are sophomores or freshmen, only two have played any football before this year at Ohio State. I think it's a, a really interesting dynamic in that room. And Ryan Day was quick to praise him a couple times today, saying, hey, he really did a great job getting them ready because Ohio State had no idea that they were going to be without Cam Brown and Denzel Burke, or potentially Denzel Burke, until Thursday of last week. So it, it sort of felt uh, like a, a potentially a, a mine in the in the battlefield on Saturday, but they did a nice job navigating around it. 
I don't know that we got a lot of answers out of Tim Walton about exactly how he did that. He, <laughs> yeah. he, but again, you sort of learn. Day by day. You know, it's kind of a neat dynamic that he's in there talking about his first career start at Ohio State back in 1993 when John Cooper was coaching. John Cooper's in the room listening to him talk, I, and I, I thought that was kind of cool, just as me being like a Buckeye, like someone who grew up around this yeah. or thinking about this culture. So um, I, I'm interested to see where they go because I really believe in a weird way that starting Jair Brown and J.K. Johnson out of need has an opportunity or a potential to change the culture of the entire cornerback room in a way that I, I I don't think anyone would have thought those guys would have had that opportunity to be that instrumental. Because Denzel Burke, we've talked, we don't need to keep talking about the struggles he's had, but mm-hmm. I, if, if, you're, if you're a guy who's not playing up to your potential and you see two guys who haven't played, who both Ryan Day and Tim Walton said are getting more snaps in practice than anybody, so clearly, Denzel Burke hasn't been practicing as much as those guys have. And Cam didn't practice last week. So. Right. And, and I'm sure he takes a lot of reps off because he doesn't have to play as much as the other guys. Jordan Hancock hasn't been able to practice in, in six weeks. Yeah. Like, if you're Denzel Burke, or aren't you starting going, hmm, I, I, there's an opportunity for that assumed starting position to sort of not be there. And I, I actually think that it's an interesting dynamic in this team that we really couldn't have anticipated. Right. Uh, also, yeah, R. The the Fairway fullback merchandise coming very soon. Check that out from Mitch Rossi. The fullback. They, I love it. It was very exciting to hear a lot of eye formation. I know that got Bill's attention for sure. Yeah, man, like positions like that make football fun, I think. And, like, when Ohio State lines up with five receivers and chucks around the yard, like, that's very fun, too. I understand that. But um, there's something about that position and the way you can use it and, do you wonder Change if Ohio State offensive linemen like having someone like Mitch Rossi? You like having a fullback, Paris? <laughs> I do. Yeah. yeah. I do. That's confirmation from <laughs> the deep voice Paris that's Johnson. What back that's what we're doing here. We're just getting straight to the heart of the matter. Yeah. It's 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 cool to see. Um, and I know that Mitch has like been waiting for this for a while. Um, and as he answered to one of your questions, wasn't so sure what ever happened for <laughs> Understandably so in this offense. But it's, it's been great to see. Yeah. I, I mean, I was skeptical for him. Kevin Wilson said it was like two years ago. He said, you can be an NFL fullback. And it would kind of be like, how? <laughs> like, not here. Like, that's, it doesn't exist here. Nobody will even say it. I, I, I love the semantics of what to call the position. And, and he was uh, not happy with Zach Boren's comments on Thursday night of last week that like, Mitch said, you want to call me a fullback? I'm a fullback. He's just, he's a ball player. I think it's great. If, if people out there, America, listen. Oh. If you're wondering if the Ohio State coaching staff is good at their job, if they're persuasive individuals, if they're people who can can affect change in a young man's heart. Heartstrings, uh, baby. <laughs> a, a year and a half ago, <clears throat> Kevin Wilson told Kate Stover, look, man, you can be an NFL tight end. You just got to believe. And he told Mitch Rossi, hey, man, you can be an NFL tight end. You just got to stay here and not ever touch the ball. <laughs> like, And those guys are like, you know what? You son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. That's really great. And 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 it, you know, but he, he was clearly right on both instances. And that's uh, you know, you get some validation, and now it makes it easier down the road to tell other guys, hey, this is the path. This is the way. And uh, I really think it's cool just to see it all unfold. Mitch has every opportunity to have moved on from here. I mean, graduated, could have been anywhere else as a as a 
scholarship player. He talked about fullback rotation at Wisconsin and how he <laughs> envied that. You know, it's cool. And you, then you see him in the offseason, like him and Noah Ruggles, seeing like who can be the most laid back dude. <laughs> and like, I, I think it's great because he's still out there cracking heads on Saturday nights. Well, you must believe if you wish to achieve. True. That's right. You've always said that on Snap Judgments, and you've heard it here first. That's the Snap Judgments original on the podcast. That's when Berm starts dropping profanity. It's time to end <laughs> Snappy Jays. Uh, I'm sorry for any kids who are watching, um, but you've probably already heard that word before, right? It's Berm's not the first time. Never know. Never know. Oh, that's Bill Berm. I'm Austin. Thanks for joining us for Snap Judgments on the podcast. Back again with the daily tomorrow, Wednesday morning, and then some more uh, Buckeyes talking on Wednesday night, and we'll have that covered as well for you. As always, on the podcast and at Rivals, as part of Dot- Dotting the Eyes, part of the Rivals Network, you can get uh, 30 days free there with the code DTE30. Come hang out with us. Bye.